great and around the release of star wars episode nine episode nine darren episode nine by the way that was from the star wars christmas album yes such a thing exists um the star wars <laughs> christmas album with r2d2 and c3po on vocals primarily i uh that sentence... i will confess to having listened to virtually the entire thing it is as bad as you think it is, but it's also so bad it's good. I mean, like there's a song that says, "What do you get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already has a comb?" An Ewok? I don't know. Uh, uh, it's, it's a no rhetorical answer. question. It is okay. It, it's a Christmas carol. Oh man, that's uh, just chill. oh boy. I don't like sometimes these things that appear in our world. I just I can't wrap my head around them. I suppose it was so big. Speaking of Star Wars, back in like the late '70s, after its premiere in '77, uh, that might come from the file. You can't blame him for trying. I guess. I just I don't know. It it just floors me. I guess that someone decided that that was a good idea. It probably sold though, right? I have no idea. I don't think it's worth finding out either. You can find it on YouTube and listen to it in its entirety. I highly suggest doing so. I, I was going to say the upsetting thing is I think I probably will do that. I've played it in class. I'm sure you have. Yeah, I'm it's sure it's a, it's it's fun. It's fun. Um, well, yeah, this is our third Star Wars special. We announced our first, uh, leading into the Force Awakens, the dawn of the sequel trilogy, and uh, we did another one uh, two years ago in, in advance of the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was advisable to announce that we we're going to do a Star Wars special preceding all of these. Uh, Fortunately, we didn't do that for the Marvel movies. Otherwise, we'd be like, uh, be we would just be a Marvel podcast. Yeah. Um, but uh, here we are. I, 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 I'll be quite frank. I don't quite know where here is or where I am with Star Wars at this point. I do recall when we sat down uh, back in 2015 and we just replayed the two of our previous, uh, we just reposted our two previous Star Wars specials. Our enthusiasm... I, I thought came through. I was really excited. You were incredibly excited. Yeah, and I think you were too. We were both excited for The Force Awakens. Our enthusiasm for The Last Jedi was there. And I think after The Last Jedi, it's uh, at least for Tim and I, who was unable to join us tonight, um, many Bothans died on his uh, assignment, and he is still on assignment. Yeah. Um, so hurry back, Tim, or don't. Uh, the Dark Crystal is amazing. Let's just go ahead and get. To- I think, you yeah. know what? We may have hurt his feelings. Because maybe we came to, maybe we came down a little hard on him last time. Uh, I think there was some name calling involved. I mean, isn't there always? Pretty much, yeah. but um, I think that maybe we gave him a little bit too much work. Uh, but we're, we're looking forward to having him back, especially uh, very very soon. So Tim, take care. We know you know you know he hates it when we uh, we tell him 
his our true feelings about him. So. I know. So the next time he misses, we're gonna have to spend the whole episode talking about how how we truly care about Tim. It'll just be a special episode. It'll be the the very first episode, uh, the, the Tim special is what a we'll call it. A very special episode is what we'll we'll have. It yeah, actually. but we digress. Yeah. So yes, I sure. don't know, and I think generally speaking, Tim and I are are pretty much in lockstep with Star Wars. I don't know where I am with this. I am not enthusiastic about this movie. I'm not excited about it. Um, where are you going into episode nine? Well, I had a different relationship with the episode eight, which I, I will talk about it a little bit later. But um, if anything has tried to quell my excitement, it would be you and Tim's discussion of episode eight. You think we've attempted to do this? No, I think it's not. I don't think it was like an intentional attempt. Oh, okay. I think just the discussions that have been had around me because I only saw episode eight once and I saw it in a not great theater. So I didn't even get like this super surround sound, nice big screen. It was kind of a beat up theater. I didn't get the full force of it. <laughs> force. Um, well, but I do, I do want to watch it again before uh nine so i i need to squeeze it in somehow i don't know when and how that is even capable like maybe this weekend i can try to squeeze it in but i don't know my excitement is there i have you had the opportunity to watch any mandalorian at this point i have not okay mandalorian is helping significantly i heard that i hear the same from tim it is very good very good darren i am planning on watching that uh i think my wife I was going to watch it, but my wife is pretty excited to see it, too. So we're kind of waiting for between the holidays. Mm-hmm. Things are a little bit calmer to, to catch it. I don't know. Uh, Star Wars is definitely one of those things that's uh, it, it's one of the fondest memories I have of childhood, playing with those Kenner action figures and looking forward to seeing those movies. You know, I grew up in the age um, where they the original trilogy was – I grew up concurrent with the original trilogy. Yeah. It was being released in Tim likewise. So I think a lot of people of our generation – um, the Gen Xers of us, they, they, their relationship with Star Wars is far different. I was speaking with someone earlier today, and they said their very first exposure to Star Wars was the Clone Wars TV series, yeah. and they didn't even know about the original trilogy, which, as you might expect for someone like us, blows our mind. Absolutely, you know, like so. Their their originators are the characters from the Clone Wars, not Han, not Chewie, not Leia, R two C three PO, Luke, or anything. And Darth Vader is not even their chief villain, which. Again, I mean, when you think about it logically, of course it wouldn't be. Their their chief villains might be those characters from the Clone Wars as opposed to, you know, the true originators of the Absolutely. series. Um, so It's funny. I had a very similar conversation with my comic book club about Star Wars and their their feelings about, like, the prequels. And they're like, these are those are our movies. They're great. And I just think it's so interesting to, to see the difference and – Maybe there is a little bit of a, a bump because those are the ones we grew up with versus – I'm not even trying to argue that the prequels are good films either. But I, I could see where there is a different draw. I've been almost strong held into watching Clone Wars. I, I remember trying to attempt that right when it came out in season oh, one. And it, it was not awful. good. Not good at all. I used to, I used to do – write reviews for Rotten Tomatoes uh-huh. in its infancy. And I got, I mean, I, I don't want to, I had a bit of a following back then. Mm-hmm. I got bored with it. But I remember writing a review about the movie because they actually put the very first, they, they the premiere, they put it in theaters. I remember that. 
And uh, I was I remember going, well, you know what? Maybe this is where Star Wars belongs now. And after the you know the debacle of the prequels, and then I remember writing in my my review like, how in the world did it get worse? Than the, I mean that it was so bad. I was stunned at how I mean Java's gay uncle zero. What else do I need to tell you? And I did. It felt like a really weird misstep. And I, and like, my students are just telling me that this is so unbelievably good. And it you got, need to get past season one. That's what I hear. And now, I, conversely, Star Wars Rebels, from what I've seen, is fantastic. Which, which I told them you had said that to me, and they're like, I've never watched Rebels. So again, it's one of those things that I don't know. Star Wars has so many different areas in which you can be introduced to it that there's those different relationships there having not seen the mandalorian i did yeah. state that when i had well, I, I didn't make it all the way through rebels yet now disney plus has it i believe yes, they, they have yeah it's i i said that felt the most like original star wars to me than anything else i'd seen i will tell you mandalorian does feel some that's what i hear star I'm, I'm very excited to watch it i i I, I went into it a little bit hesitant. I know you and Tim were kind of on board right from the get-go. Yeah. Even when I saw that first trailer, I was like, hey, really? It just doesn't look like... I mean, I understand. I, it's basically Clint Eastwood in, has, in space. It, it has a very which, Western feel to I'm it. I'm all for it. Which, But I think that's because, for me, the damage was done. Mm-hmm. Now, the damage was done for a lot of us after the prequel trilogy and then continued to be done, as we, we stated a moment ago, with... The Clone Wars. And then you go in, you get me all pumped up about the sequel trilogy, get off to a pretty decent start. Yeah, Force Awakens is solid. It's pretty solid. That's You know what, that's that's exactly what you, it's, it's solid. It it's is. It's not one of the best of the series, but it was solid. It was very. It was a little more than a remake. It was a new, new hope. Exactly. And, that's and, funny. In a good way. In a good As way. As I, I said in one of our previous podcasts, when I, when I asked if I liked The Force Awakens, I, I, very, I was like, well, I liked... Star Wars, the original, A New Hope. And I liked it again when it was called Return of the Jedi. And I even liked it when it was called Guardians of the Galaxy. So there's no way I wasn't going to like it when it was called Star Wars yeah. again. Um, but then, and, you know, and I think the other problem I, I started to have was The Last Jedi is very clearly repackaged Empire Strikes Back. And the character assassination of Luke Skywalker, that was the one guy that felt untouchable to me. Mm-hmm. And he was the one guy... Well, and we spoke about this a little bit in, in our last Star Wars special that sort of got through the whole prequel thing unscathed. You know what I mean? He sort of made it through. There wasn't a whole lot of damage done. Like, the damage to Darth Vader was done. You know what I mean? But he made it through unscathed, you know? And then for a while, with everyone, all the attention surrounding Anakin Skywalker, Luke Skywalker was sort of forgotten about. And it ended up being a good way. And I just could not get behind what they did with the Luke Skywalker character in The Last Jedi. He, I mean, oh, I've said it before. What, is, what do we know of Luke Skywalker? He walks he walks off of a farm, infiltrates the Death Star, rescues a princess, goes back to the Rebellion, gets a ship, goes back to said Death Star, blows it up. Right? Yeah. Second movie, he figures out that he may he gets a message from his dead master, and by, by the way, you're probably going to be The Last Jedi. Okay, finds Yoda, trains... Realizes he has to go save his friends. Confronts the Dark Lord of Sith himself, the most evil, most you know, probably you know, probably the best combatant in the galaxy. Fights him, holds his own for a while, gets his hand cut off, falls down a shaft, 
gets rescued, comes back in the next movie, walks right up to the biggest gangster in the galaxy, tells him, you better give me my friends back or I'm taking you down, does exactly that, goes and says, you're going to have to destroy Darth Vader. Nah, he's my dad. I'm going to redeem him. Walks right back into the new Death Star, confronts the guy who controls the most evil the galaxy, mouths off to him, gets his father to kill the Emperor, and redeems him. And then in The Last Jedi, the next time we see him, he senses that there might be evil in his nephew, and he's, peace out, everybody, good luck, this is too much. Like, everything he did before that, I think the degree of difficulty was significantly higher. And now he's, well, there might be a little problem with my nephew, so I'm either going to kill him or I'm just going to leave him to whatever happens. There's just a disconnect there. It doesn't make any narrative sense to me. And I, I can definitely see that. And like I said, I, I think I need to rewatch 8 also for that reason alone. Like, I, the way that you guys discussed the mishandling of Luke. Like, there was a level to the way he handled things that I was like, it was somewhat fitting. But at the same time, I could see the whole... If you look at it the way that he never backed down from anything and then he backed away from something that he probably could have controlled. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. The approach to that film... Is, is different and I mean you also you also legitimately grew up as the films were like appearing yeah. versus me who had them on VHS from or Betamax when <laughs> honestly when uh when I was a child that you know, was taped off of television that's awesome though. so I mean, yeah I mean it, it's a very different it's a very different interaction with it and I'm not saying that I don't see Luke in the same way but I think my relationship with eight could be different because of that yeah well i mean that's it i mean we're talking about i still think it was arguably the biggest movie franchise of all time but i still felt like it was a space oj simpson chase and it was just really weird yeah and that didn't like i strange i still i i I would i don't understand like okay you have the the empire somehow is going to slowly chase you i mean i know there, there was some explanation i'm like this just feels Dumb. They're trying to run them out of gas, right? Yeah. It, and then you end up on Bespin, which was the whatever they called the planet, the, like the the gambling. Planet, yeah, no, it was Bespin. Which, yeah, which it, felt like prequel Star Wars. It's like, oh, you got back, yeah, yeah, you got back to Cloud City, but it happened to take place in the. And then they prequels. picked up the rogue. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Uh, I get it. I get it. it. It was, and that was honestly my biggest grief when I left. I was like, wow, that was a bad Empire Strikes Back. That's how I felt when I walked out originally. Okay, so I think I was more focused on that part than the Luke part, and that's why I think I need to go back into but it. But the concern now is, are we just getting a repackaged Return of the Jedi? All right, let me put it to you this way. We'll real see. easy, real easy. What are the odds we see an Ewok in this movie? Because it sure looks like she's running on a forest planet, doesn't she? I will tell you, I've not watched the trailers other than like the the one with her flipping over no, Kylo Ren. They're on a big forest planet. Oh, boy. Let, let, let's hope not. Let's hope not. If I see an Ewok... I will tell you my, you know, no matter how good the movie is, if I see an Ewok, it will take multiple steps down just because it's very obvious they're trying to echo the source material way too much. I love Ewoks. Me too. I'm an Ewok defender, yeah. but at the same time, I'm like, this is all we're getting is repackaged original trilogy. And you know, it's funny. Mark Hamill even said, you know, say what you will about the prequels. They were not the original trilogy. They weren't. You're right about that. original. You're right right about that. For better or worse. For better or worse. Oh, man. Well, we got a lot more Star Wars to talk about. Yeah, for sure. But you know what? For as big as Star Wars is, I I don't think it's the biggest thing going 
in our little bubble this holiday season. I think you're hard-pressed to find something bigger than Crisis on Infinite Earths was just debuted this week. Now, in confession, I don't think we're going to talk a little bit too much about that. Surprisingly, I haven't seen it yet. Mm. You know, it's funny. I really wanted to get it in for before tonight, yeah. at least the first episode. I, My wife and I, since my son was bored, we didn't watch anything. And then we made the decision back in the summer to just try to catch up with Arrow and Flash. And I literally got to the last episode of Flash before Crisis last night. So we're going to watch it tonight. Oh, um, the sad thing is I probably know more about it than you at this point. Because I'm people hearing, told me stuff. I've seen some reactions. People are really happy, really excited. They're saying that the source material, it cannot follow the source material verbatim simply because they don't have access to Batman. And yeah. he factored largely in that. But they said that what they've been doing with it, I assume that they were going to replace Green Arrow and put him in the Batman role. I mean, let's face it. Arrow may be the greatest Batman show of all time anyway. Um, and I appear to have been right. But from what I've seen, people are very excited, very happy. Um, they were, in a good way, upset how it ended last night because now we got to wait a month for the final two chapters to appear. But it's it's done just amazing ratings. The, 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 uh, the, the television ratings are sky high. Um, I think it's the first time a CW show won the evening for all other shows. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, which, which is awesome. Um, and I think they, they, they are, it sure sounds like they approached this the right way. We're going, this is going to be the definitive on-screen comic book superhero moment in television history. Um, bar none. And it sure seems like they nailed it. I Again, I have not seen it. I think Tim and I will probably react to it. Um, I also hear that uh, you really... You're not done a disservice by just watching this. And and I've heard that too, which is making me really consider watching it just because I know you guys are going to want to talk about it. And even though I've only watched the first, I think, half season of Arrow and I was just not – I just wasn't feeling it at the time. Well, and obviously you had to go further. Yeah. No, for sure. And, and I know that. Most shows are like that. If you stop within the first like four episodes, you're not 100% in yet. And you know what I say though? It's like me with the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. I think I could probably, if I really wanted to, I could watch um, Endgame without seeing anything before it. And I, I think my my shorthand's enough where I'll be fine. You would figure it out. You would yeah, miss a lot I, of the small things. But but I think I think that's your relationship with Crisis. And if, I really hope you watch it. I'd love to talk to you about I, it. I think I might because I'm sure I can get it on Hulu. And I'm about to be on winter break, so why not? Yeah. I, um, I, what, be an you know hour what? out of my day? You can download the CW app. It's free. The whole thing's free. Like I said, I'm fairly Everything. certain it's on Hulu also. So I, I, I will. It might be. Most likely. Um. So, yeah, no, that's that. You know what? I'll do that. And make sure I have it done before the next time we sit down and talk. Because I, w- I would really like to talk to you guys about it. Kevin Conroy plays Batman in this thing. I already heard something about that, which is why I kind of want to watch it, too. Yeah, I know. I'm... Speaking of uh, Batman... Yeah, more uh, So news. tonight, actually, which is going to... Well, well, we'll upload this today, so that's good. Tonight, the Video Game Awards are happening, and there is a rumor, and I just wanted to bring this up because, Darren, I know how you feel about these games. There is a rumor of a new Batman game in the really? same vein of the Arkham games. I played uh, most of the first one. Mm-hmm. Ar- was it Arkham Asylum? Asylum was the first. Played all the way through Arkham City, and that's the last one I played. Well, now I have the other ones, and again, I hate to time. Yeah. I hate to pull this card. My son was born. That kind of ended those. But series. you found some time for Spider Man. I did. Which I, is great. Yeah, I got I got forty percent away through that thing. That's so good. Um, yeah. but it honestly, Darren, 
Night is not as good as City, regardless. No, that's the one for PS4. Yeah. The, well, how was Origins? I didn't play Origins. That's the one I skipped. It wasn't made by the same team. I heard as it was the, good, but it was there was my my understanding. This is from like people that are not that you know are just like fans of Batman. It's a fine game. It's more of the same, but it's a little bit off. It's not as good as the mainstream, but it's still a fine game. You know what though? Bat Arkham Origins had maybe the greatest the greatest Batman trailer of all time. Did you ever see it? Most likely a long time ago. It was just it was a close up of Bruce Wayne as a kid and he's smiling and then you hear the gunshots and it the whole thing is just a close up of Bruce Wayne and then you see him sad and then you see him like the, all the backgrounds are changing around him, but he and he's aging slightly. And then it shows him getting beat up in a bull, schoolyard. And then it shows him like, you know, fighting back. And then it shows him training. And there's this really sad music behind him. And then it shows him like putting on the mask. And it shows him getting punched in the face and knocked down by some big dude laughing. And he just attacks the guy. And then the lyrics at the end, as it shows Lowe says, it's all still with me. And you're like, it gives you chills. That's cool. It gives you chills. I do. I vaguely remember that. I do. But honestly... It says all you need to say about Batman. Yeah. And, and honestly, if this is another game in that in that universe, I'm very excited. As long as they don't force me to the Batmobile again. Because you didn't play Knight. They force, I heard that was... they force you into that Batmobile way too many times. It took away from the game for me. The, the non-Batmobile stuff, great. But the idea that the Riddler had time to make all these special little traps for Batman underground that you had to drive the Batmobile through just felt, it pulled me out of the game. It just didn't feel right. But we'll see if they actually announce anything tonight. I'm really excited because lots of cool stuff and they'll probably show a little more of Dark Crystal because it's looking real oh, the good. Yes, yeah. it's looking good. It comes out in February. They really? finally have a release date. February. Ooh. Which will give me a month between Is it a mobile game? Uh-uh. It's full console. Wow. Yeah. So it'll give me about a month between that and the Final Fantasy VII remaster. You know, I meant to say I, uh, IO9, which releases their usually their, their mm-hmm. sets like they do. What we were doing tonight, yeah, our, our our least favorite and favorite, but they did the eleven. Be- they did eleven best TV shows, and then the five worst. And so much of what we were we watch was in that eleven best, and Dark Crystal was number one. <sighs> Want to know what the worst was? What Titans. So you were watching both. Yeah, I got I got both ends of that spectrum. Oh, Darren. Uh, yeah, you guys. Being on the text chain with you and Tim about Titans, considering I'm not watching it, is... It is... is so funny. Awful. <laughs> Awful. And it, it got progressively dumber. And the very last scene... Maybe it wasn't the last last scene. No, the last scene was them having dinner with Bruce Wayne. Old guy Bruce Wayne. Alfred Weird. Bruce Wayne. Weird. But one of them... Spoiler. Whatever. Don't watch the show. Yeah. But just in case. <laughs> one of them dies in the dumbest possible way. We are like... And it, it, it's to the point... I don't know where Tim is on this. I gotta see where they're going with this next year. Well, that's what you were saying. It's so bad. But you, you literally said, I don't know how this could get worse. And my response was, well, thank God it got renewed, right? Well, the sad part about that is... <sighs> you know what? I, I feel... I, I now know how all those... G1 hardcore Transformer fans are like oh. my buddy Gary they're never going to get what they want no. because those movies were so popular that's me and Titans now I you know and listen I stated on this podcast when I did my review of Titans which I will do part 2 I think maybe in 2020 that's my all-time favorite monthly is yeah, the new no, Teen you said Titans. that before yes there's no way I'm getting what I want now no 
no, you're getting whatever whatever getting, this disaster is you're watching. And, and I, so I feel compelled. Like, give me one episode where just now I just want give me one episode. You know, it's interestingly enough, Marv Wolfman is a consultant on Crisis on Infinite Earths, oh. not Titans. Interesting, isn't it? I want, do, is there any chance you could get a knot of the Titans in Crisis? I don't know. I heard that's happening. We still have two episodes to go. And again, I haven't seen anything. More Batman news, though. Yeah. And this is great. This delayed, holy delayed recognition, <laughs> Batman. For sure. Burt Ward, uh, famously Adam West's Batman sidekick, Robin, who played in the 1966 series, is getting a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It's the equivalent of being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Okay? He's getting a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And here's the cool part. It's going to be adjacent to Adam West's who received his star way back in 2012, although that was long overdue as yes, well. Yes, it was. So, uh, you know, a stand-up and a big old round of applause. Burt Ward, let's, let, let's, let's be honest. I don't, it's, I'm not going to say there's, there's a difference between the Mount Rushmore, but then there's someone who sort of helped cement Batman into the public consciousness. And while Adam West deservedly gets most of the credit, you know, Robin, Burt Ward, he deserves a lot of that credit too, so... Yeah, very deserving. And speaking of, uh, the Batman 66 costumes and Superman's capes are featured in the Profiles in History auction taking place on December 17th. This will feature several items from Batman 66. Among them are the Batmobile Batphone, which is described as working? Though, I wonder how. Wait, what? Yeah. The bust of Shakespeare used to gain entry into the Batcave. Did you ever see there where's the yeah, bust? Yeah, you the flip it up there. Button. You know they sell that, and you can attach it to open doors. Oh, I want that so bad. Oh man, I want, how much is something like that? The, the bus itself is only like sixty bucks. That's not bad. But you got to build the whole. Uh, you know, if I ever do it, I will. Trust me, I'll have that. Oh yeah, you would. Um, and both of those items, the the Shakespeare bus and the bat phone, are expected to fetch between fifty and sixty thousand dollars. Wow. The feature of the auction appear to be the only remaining complete Batman and Robin costumes worn by Adam West and Burt Ward. The costumes must be purchased as a pair and legally can never be sold separately and are expected to fetch north of two hundred grand. Now, I found some other notable items, including Star Trek, such as the uniforms worn by William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy, Linda Carter's Wonder Woman costume, and the last remaining cape from the Christopher Reeves from the first Christopher Reeves Superman movie. Um, so I don't know, man. It's like it's too bad that we we, we our sponsorship uh, isn't high enough that we couldn't just like, oh, we'll oh, take yeah. that. Yeah, right. We'll take that. Speaking of Wonder Woman, the Wonder Woman '84 trailer is out, and oh my goodness, I I've considered myself completely immune immune to trailers, mm -hmm. and in fact, since I really don't go see the movies anymore, the trailers don't really mean anything to me. But I decided to take a look at it, and first of all, they they uh created a version of New Order's Blue Monday as the undertrack for the action scenes, you have to check this out. I mean, there's no reason for you not to because yeah. you haven't seen the other movie yet. That's true. Um, if, the, if the movie's half as good as this trailer, there's, there's a scene in there, in that trailer, that is so cool that... I, I mean, for me, I, I, I know I'm behind in the Marvel movies, but everything I've seen has impress, impressed me to no end. Where she's lassoing the lightning. Sounds silly, but when you see it, you're going to go, damn. That alone got me out of my chair. 
It is. It looks like they've nailed this thing. Uh, I'm excited for the movie. I actually think the last Wonder Woman. I think that came out after the last Star Wars. That may be the last movie I saw. Uh, uh, it did. Maybe maybe it was before. I don't know. No, I think it was after. At any rate, uh, it's uh, if you guys have not seen the Wonder Woman 1984 trailer, check it out. Well, all right. Well, let's stick to movies. So obviously, I'm more on the Marvel side of this, and so. I, I'm trying. I, the, the big question right now is where is the Marvel Cinematic Universe going now that the first, like, true arc is complete? And um, Kevin is saying, because I'm not attempting his last name because I know I'm saying it wrong. It's Fahey, right? Fahey, Fahey, whatever. He says that the multiverse is the next step for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, I was waiting for you to say something about Crisis on Infinite Earths, tying, pushing them into this direction of the multiverse. With the uh, TV show being so big, even though these movies are so big, because you're always talking about DC and Marvel stealing from each other. Okay. Well, do, do, do you want me to weigh in? Is yeah, weigh in. Um, I, yes. I mean, I, th- I don't think there's any debate that uh, Marvel, I mean, if you want to say inspired by everything DC does, that's mm-hmm. the truth. I mean, it, you, all you have to do is look at the character dynamics and look at the dates of publication. Um but I don't know, when you're talking about story dynamics like that, I, I, you know, Marvel gets a lot of the credit for creating the shared universe within the comics, even though as far back as 1940s, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman were interacting with each other and they had the Justice Society. I don't know. I don't think Marvel is in a position to crib off the DC television universe. Yeah. So, I mean, and I'm sure that... I know that the DC created the multiverse, and I know that Marvel has that, but oh, yeah, it, was, it was called something else, I thought. No, it's the multiverse. Okay, I mean, I mean, it's like, I, I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where it's going. I'm sure it's going to lean more off of uh, Doctor Strange and uh, some of the spinoffs from what happened in Endgame, because... They had to hit the multiverse for various reasons to tie up some loose ends. Well, it's based on a theory. Uh, uh, both are based on the theory of quantum relativity, yes. anyway. Yeah, and which I mean, is there's a lot of leanings like time travel and like ripples well, throughout sure. time I mean, and all that. So I, I definitely could see this being the direction that it's going. And um, there's been a lot of talk about Kang being like the next like big Crane being the next big uh, enemy thing okay. that's going to happen. So so that makes sense. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's. I, I know that the Marvel zombies get really upset when you tell them that Spider-Man is a combination of Batman and Superman, and Stanley said that on multiple occasions. That's the truth. So what? Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I mean, we. You know what the funny the thing is though. When I do my um, when I do my retro reviews, I really dig into the history of comic books. Mm-hmm. Do you think I've ever like slanted that in DC's favor? Probably not, no. No. Why would you? And in fact, when I did my Doom Patrol uh, review and basically said that the X-Men was a ripoff of Doom Patrol, well, Doom Patrol is a ripoff of the Fantastic Four. Yes. And, I mean, everything steals from everything, and I think that it gets an identity of its own once it's it's gone on. And I, and I heard about the whole Doom Patrol uh, being ripped off for X-Men, and I went into that going, all right, I want to... There's no way this is true. Mm-hmm. But when you look at those two first issues, you're like, geez, there's no way they did rip this off. I mean, it's but it, it's all, it's all relative anyway. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like I said, once once it hits ground running, like it, it's its own thing. And what is Doctor Who? 
I mean, Su- I, Sherlock Holmes yeah, is Superman's it's, backstory. It's, the, it's a ripoff of Superman and Sherlock Holmes. It's just like I, I mean, and that's the thing. You can look at anything and go, well, that's just yeah. This, Batman was a ripoff of Zorro. Yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones is sexualized Tolkien. Like it's yeah. just it, it it is what it is. I mean, like, it's not an insult. No, it's not. Especially when the source material is still quite good. So I I don't know. I I think I'm excited to see a new direction for. The MCU, that yeah, gives it, the, and that leaves the open opportunities for some of the people that didn't make it through Endgame to always find their way back in if necessary. Well, yeah, and it's also going to be an unfair comparison, yes, too, because you're going to have a lot more. Yeah, yeah there's going to be. I mean, we're talking about what you know, a TV show that's got 40 minutes and commercial breaks mm-hmm. versus whatever Marvel's going to throw at us. Yeah, with, with the ridiculous on. budget that it has. Uh, staking to Marvel, there is something actually shutting down. Uh, Marvel's television division is shuttering so i was doing a little bit of research on this because obviously we've heard disney plus here's all of these new tv shows that are coming out for disney plus so when i was looking at this it seems that this is more dealing with the outside of direct disney things so all the disney plus shows that we're going to be getting are technically part of the marvel cinematic universe so, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, Loki, um, obviously Falcon, Vision, and Scarlet Witch. Like, all these things are already in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so it's not considered Marvel Television. Marvel Television would be your um, Runaways and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There is a uh, Hellstrom uh, TV show currently in development for Hulu. That is still greenlit, and that's fine. The Ghost Rider show has been slashed. It's scrapped. It's been gone. I'm not necessarily mad about that. I wasn't a big fan of it. I heard it was poorly received, and uh, maybe not. It was the not... Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider. Oh, so, so it was the even... car one, not the motorcycle. Oh, Johnny yeah. Blaze, like, when you think, yeah. So, I, I'm not that upset about it. You can give us Robbie Reyes, but you gotta give us Johnny Blaze first, right? You should. That's like Miles Morales doesn't work unless you already gave us Peter but, Parker. But, I mean, you can also argue that, like, the way that Marvel's been doing things, they have gone with the newer iterations. Like, we got the Scott Lang Ant-Man instead of the Hank Pym one out the gate. We did meet Hank but Pym we right did get away. Hank Pym. But it was still the focus on Scott Lang. So, I mean, who knows? Whatever. I Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is what dropped that uh, Reyes. Ghost you gave Rider, up on that show, didn't you? I, the season that Ghost Rider showed up, I stopped before we even got to Ghost Rider. Like, I was just done. And that it's on its last season right now. It will be scrapped afterward. There are four anime shows that are on Hulu. Uh, I cannot find out. If, I, I wasn't able to find out if they're canceled or if they're still in production. And that's Howard the Duck, Hitmonkey, Tigra, and Dazzler, and MODOK. Dazzler? Uh, hey, you chill on Dazzler. No, no, no. I'm just surprised it's getting a TV show. It's the, like, buddy girl show all right it's animated these are all animated um all right and like and like i said runaways is supposed to end with its third and agents of shield will end after seven seasons if you can believe it lasted that long uh yeah so it's not surprising the marvel tv shows have not gotten the same critical acclaim that the cw dc shows for good reason um they, they just weren't as good like agents of shield was unevenly acted and like there were good episodes but overall the writing was uneven and i i mean i i suffered through the first four or five seasons and well I, it wasn't the promise that there was there were there was going to be some interaction with the marvel cinematic Universe and there used point. to be about one episode a season that would interact with whatever movie happened to come out at that time which is so funny because when, when the inception when we were really upset 
that the the CW shows weren't interacting with the films, and it, we're, then we saw the film was like, no, 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 you leave those CW <laughs> shows alone. You stay away from those things. Yeah. So so it is it is unclear uh, because a lot of us were wondering if Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist. Maybe not as much Iron Fist, but <laughs> those shows that they might receive hey. new life on Disney Plus. He ain't the bottom of the barrel yeah, anymore for true. me. <laughs> um, and we're not saying that that is not the case, but it does seem like everything on Disney Plus is going to be MCU connected if it is going to be television based. So we'll see what that means. And who knows? They might unshutter the television division at some point too. It's Disney. They have the money to do whatever they want. Little of a bit of ambiguity, uh, ambiguity, excuse yeah, me, going into this. Absolutely. Thing, right? But I mean, while we're on Disney Plus, that we finally have the uh, subtext title of the Loki TV show, and it's called Architect. Uh, supposedly, there is going to be a female Loki involved in this. We kind of knew about that already. Yes. I mean, yeah. So, uh, I don't know much else other than they did finally drop the Architect title to it, which is which is cool. I mean, it gives us maybe an idea that has something to do with... If it is based off of what happened at the end of Endgame, we know what power he has at this point, and the fact that he may be able to start creating some things in his own vision, which I think could be very, very cool. We'll see. Um, also, we have confirmation that the Falcon and Winter Soldier Disney Plus show is confirmed to be... Captain Falcon, basically. Captain America Falcon, after he's picked up the shield after the end of Endgame. Um, so, obviously, chrono chronologically, it will take place after Endgame, which could be very, very, very interesting. Uh, not that I was ever a big fan of Sam as Captain America, because it was, it was very much more dealing with uh, the racial discrimination aspect of America. Um, and I do know Captain America has always been dealing more with the issues within America and how to make them better. So it made sense, but it just, it was so unbelievably focused on that, that it, it just kind of lost its rhythm at some point. Cause I was re that was when I was reading all the Marvel comics that were coming out because I had the time to do it and I just don't anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and if it is following that storyline, I don't know how I feel about it. But the fact that Winter Soldier is part of it, I think that they'll still be able to keep kind of the action and what made the Captain America films good. So this may even be a tester to see if um, this version of Captain America could have their own like movie movie. Because they said that they very well could make movies out of these MCU Disney Plus shows. Uh, I wonder if they'll go straight to Disney Plus, though. I don't know. I'm talking, I'm talking big name for this next phase because they even said something about She-Hulk and Miss Marvel at least being like part of the new Avengers. So we'll see what happens. So that's that's about all I have on Disney Plus at the moment. It's kind of cool to see what's coming, but it, honestly, as an early adapter, I'm a little bummed to see how far out these shows are. You're talking 2021 for most of these Marvel shows. But, you know, the great thing about now is, though, there's plenty to keep us occupied. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I don't have time for what I'm watching now, so <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Right. Well, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe to boldly go. I almost said to a galaxy far, far away. We're going to boldly go before we head to a galaxy far, far, far away. I know, this feels dirty talking about this in a Star Wars I, You know special. I'm not that guy. I know it's like, you know, the fan base is literally like the Ohio State, Michigan in a lot of pockets of uh, the fan oh, bases. Oh, yeah. But, uh, how, like, how uh, dare you? them in the same no, sentence I'm, in your mouth i'm a fan of both yeah. I'm, i really am i've been watching next generation it is fantastic um 
But anyway, on to the uh, big screen version of Star Trek. Yeah. Star Trek, the fourth movie in the Kelvin timeline has finally been confirmed after almost two years of uncertainty. The only details that have emerged is that the entire main cast is back, with the lone exception of Anton Yelchin, who played Pavel Chekhov. You may recall Yelchin tragically died in 2016. Um, Abrams directed the J.J. Abrams directed the first two films and has been serving as producer. Confirmed that the Chekhov role will not be recast. Uh, I hope that they address this in the new film. Now, the smart money for me is the character Jayla, which featured heavily in the last movie, Star Trek Beyond. Um, but even though, and I, I think there's a chance, even though he's announced his retirement, that Walter Koenig may make a final appearance as Chekhov to see because they've already done the whole you know time distortion thing. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, it's funny, Star Trek Beyond, which was the third of the Kelvin timelines, for some reason it's getting a lot of crap, but I really liked it. And in fact, even if you're a casual Star Trek fan and you watch that movie, there's a moment at the end that'll choke you up. I mean, really, it's it's a really hmm. sweet moment. Um, I didn't see Beyond. I saw the first two. I didn't. I liked it. I love it. That first one was fantastic. Yeah, it's very it was, good. Oh, my gosh. Um, continuing... Now, and uh, by the way, I was very careful to not uh, call this Star Trek Four because Tim and I both love Star Trek Four. It's the one with the whales. Yes. Um, uh, Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek movie is separate. It was never intended to be this one. It is still in development. Um, and it, listen, anytime Star Trek comes up these days, it seems that the long-discussed, and you can't even really call it a rumor any longer, Tarantino Star Trek film will come up. And producers of the as-yet-entitled Star, Fourth Star Kelvin Timeline Star, Star Trek film confirm that there are two separate movies in development, and the other of which being is the Quentin Tarantino-discussed Star Trek movie. Phil? Oh, man. Yeah, well, there's something that I've been excited about because it's not a big secret that I'm an anime fan on top of all this other stuff that we talk about. Uh, a little while ago, Netflix had announced that they are doing a live-action Cowboy Bebop uh, did you ever see Cowboy Bebop, Darren? It's been a couple. for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, it's a very, very well-received uh, anime from the 90s. I'm well aware 90s. of it, yeah. yeah. Um, that is um, about uh, Space Bounty Hunter. And uh, they are doing a show that is officially called Jazz Band. Uh, if you are familiar with Cowboy Bebop, the names of every episode is named after music. So, uh, specifically jazz for the most part. Um, sadly, there's still no release date because the main character, um, John Cho, who's playing Spike Spiegel. Who plays um, Sulu. Who plays Sulu. In the Star Trek uh, Currently injured. And that kind of pushes back production of a show that is going to require a good bit of action. So, uh, we'll see what happens. They, they said it's still happening and it will come out, but they can't give a release date because filming is delayed. And, in, and finally tonight, in a bit of sad news, uh, R.I.P. D.C. Fontana. Now, you were probably familiar with that name because she was one of the primary writers on the original Star Trek series and a pioneering woman writing a science fiction television series in the 1960s, among the first to do it. She helped shepherd forward the movies and The Next Generation um, she was only, you know, in her 80s. I mean, she was 80, but she's someone that, um, at any time you hear 
you know, a lot of those, uh, right, uh, um, you know, shows like little documentaries and stuff. She's always speaking highly of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. She speaks very highly of Gene Roddenberry, who fought to give her her chance. Um, she wrote some of the best uh, of the originals, um, and she was responsible for a lot of the good ones in the Next Generation too. I just finished the other day. Um, Unification 1 and 2, which is when Spock shows up in The Next Generation on Romulus. Man, I don't remember that at all. And, oh, it's so good. And I think, and if I'm wrong, please correct me, that she was she wrote the, both episodes. I could be wrong. Uh, also, Rene Abergenois, a character actor many of you will recognize if you saw him, passed away earlier this week. He was very, he's a very popular Star Trek character actor. He played Odo in Deep Space Nine. Uh, I am getting closer to checking in on that series because next gen's been so good and routinely you hear that the best star trek television series of all time is deep space nine and i think all of us are going to shed a little tear on this one r.i.p carol spinney the uh, the actor who brought uh big bird to life has passed away oh man that is that's upsetting i always hate hearing it's so hard to since we've been doing this podcast, a lot of people that we obviously interacted with growing up and, and falling in love with the things that we love have passed because it's just... Yeah, but I think it's important to mention these things yeah. on our podcast. I know um, I think one of the biggest early hits we, t- we took was Leonard Nimoy passing away. Yes. Um, and then last year was Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and for, we've seen Kenny Baker go, Carrie Fisher um and, and anyone I'm forgetting, you know, Adam West, of course. We we spent yeah. almost an we I mean, listen, we spent good portions of episode episodes eulogizing Stanley and Adam West. Um, so, but I mean, there's uh and a lot of the creators we've seen go, as well. Um, oh, why is his name escaping me all of a sudden? Uh, he wrote New Frontier. Oh, gosh, it's gonna I'm, I'm, it's gonna come to me later. Uh, but a lot of these great creators, you know. It, it, but it's it's something about the history of this stuff, and these are people and, and artists that brought to life the things that we are passionate about. Uh, I mean, who, which kid doesn't love Big Bird? I, I mean, know that 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 hit me. That hit me just as hard as Kenny Baker. All right. I mean, so and then sadly, it's going to keep on happening. Um, yeah. But it's important to get these things. It's important to talk about them. It's important that their their work is recognized, and especially for someone like DC Fontana. She went by DC because she didn't want people to know she was a female. Yeah. And she ends up being, you know, a, a prolific, a pioneering science fiction writer in the 1960s. That's so crazy. Oh, man. All right. Well, moving forward to the main topic here. Yes. Let's talk some Star Wars. Star oh. Wars. Uh, if they should bar wars. Oh, boy. Bill All Murray, right, Bill <laughs> channeling Bill Murray here. All right, so we're going to kick this off with our least favorite Star Wars villain. Yeah, now the last time in our, our uh, Star Wars episode, uh, Star Wars Special Two, we did our uh, we did heroes. Yes. So it's villain time. Yeah, do you remember what mine was? My favorite hero. No, because I did not re-listen to the episode, and I should have. You did a really good impersonation of him. I did. Yeah. I have it as my ringtone. I don't believe that for one second. Oh, but you want it? I'll do it. Oh, no. R2-D2 was mine. Oh, yeah? I don't remember. Uh, Han Han Solo was Tim's, and I believe... uh, Was yours Han Solo as well? I believe so. Yeah. Yes. But now we're doing our least... I don't remember who my least... Oh, my least favorite was Obi-Wan. 
But he also ended up on my... No. No, it wasn't. My least favorite was Anakin. Oh, yeah. My least favorite was clearly Anakin. Tim had the same one as I did. Yeah. Um, And then my favorite was R2-D2. Man, um, I cannot remember things from two years ago. That's what I get for not re-listening, like I said. Um, but this, I always like this. And again, we always talk about favorites because we don't want to qualify anything yeah. as the best. Um, why don't you let me go ahead and kick this one off? Yeah, no, we have sure. two. No, let's do our honorable mentions. We're going to rotate after this. Okay. Here's the thing. All three of my picks come from the sequel trilogy. Ooh. Yeah. All three of them come from the sequel trilogy. Not me. So... My first dishonorable mention is General Hux. Set up as an equal threat to the Resistance in Force Awakens alongside Kylo Ren, reduced to comedy relief in The Last Jedi. Uh, My second dishonorable mention is Captain Phasma. Takes over the mantle from Boba Fett of villains with a great visage who do nothing. nothing. That's the one thing. It was another crime I think The Last Jedi committed because... We all thought Captain Phasma blew up with the big planet Death Star. I'm mm-hmm. not even going to bother remembering. Starkiller Base, is that it? Sounds, Sounds right. right. Um, so obviously she survived. So she made, she had to do some pretty hardcore cool stuff to survive, only to show up and fall down a fire pit again. WTH. Phil? Uh, first, the battle droids from the prequels. Roger, Roger. Oh, no, 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 no. They were annoying as crap, yes. but I did like that the Jedi can cut those things to shreds without, you know, the having to explain like they're killing. That's them. why they were there. That That's why it. they're there. That was it. You know what? They they never they never should have spoke. To, to, I honestly think it's on top of the fact that the Roger Roger drove me crazy. Oh, good. I think it was more because of playing video games at the time when that was coming out that were uh, Star Wars based and them being the garbage enemies they threw. <sighs> Like tons, and they kind of look stupid, don't they? They do. They look like someone drew a stick figure, and then was like, "Let's elongate the face and give him a gun." Not great. So my second one, I'm very, very proud of this one. Jar Jar Binks. Now, bear with me. It is his fault, his fault, that Palpatine gets complete power. He encourages the Senate to make him in power. So, because of Jar Jar Binks, we get the Empire and the Emperor. I like where you're going with this. I hate Jar Jar Binks. So, it's all his fault. It's all his fault. Yeah. He's a sorry. You're on to something here. I know. It's great. I was so proud of myself when I put that together. I was like, yes, he's the worst. He almost made my number one. But (laughs) But I was like, I don't think I can talk about that long enough. But Jar Jar Binks is my second dishonorable mention. My number one, least favorite Star Wars villain. Want to take a guess? Might be the same as me. Really? Kylo Ren. Nope. Okay. Mine is someone else. This was among the easiest entries I've ever needed to select for this podcast. Among the chief reasons the Star Wars prequel trilogy was poorly received by the fan base was the debasement of the original trilogy version of Darth Vader. Infamously, the prequels deconstructed the once domineering presence of Darth Vader, revealing a backstory running directly counter to what we all thought of the Dark Lord of Sith. All that remained in the ruins of a three-movie character assassination were visions of a whiny emo teenager. Visions that could not connect to the once monument of evil or redemption we grew up with. 
When creating a villain for the Star Wars sequel trilogy, I am astounded by the choice to double down on the whiny emotiveness of villainy. He just seems so far removed from anything I would consider a threat. Kylo Ren is, I think, even more so than the character assassination of Luke Skywalker, the main reason I just can't get behind the sequel trilogy. Wow. I don't think he's that He's not an interesting villain to me. I know I've seen, like, lists that have him number one mm-hmm. as the best villain. I'm like, eh, no, wrong. I, I, I mean, I this disagree. list that I, doesn't I, have Darth Vader at the top. I, Come on. I mean, I get it. But I, I do disagree. I, I do think I do think he's I do think he's very interesting and like Really? I do. I do. There there's something about him that I I am interested about. I think I do like the the pull like I feel like it's him struggling with the good and bad sides of him. They did a much better job with that than they did with Anakin. And I feel like that would have been more in line of what I wanted from the prequels when we were getting to know Anakin that turns into Darth Vader. Okay, I can I see I would have that. liked that character, and I think because that's fulfilling that void that the prequels left out, that I do like... He's not on my list at all, just just so you know. Not for good or bad. But I, I, think, that, I think that there is a compelling character there, and if they do Episode Nine right, I could see us actually like him. I don't know. I think I'm too far gone. And I can't get past the look that he... He looks like he was in the Ramones. Every time he walks on screen, I keep thinking, hey, oh, let's go. I was not thrilled hey, when he pulled the, oh, the helmet off. Let's go. I, I thought it was Joey Ramone. I yeah, swear to God. I also didn't like the combination of basically Vader and a Stormtrooper for the mask. But whatever. Choices, choices. All right. Are you ready for mine? I am ready for yours. What do you think it is? Your least favorite Star Wars villain. Now, you threw a curveball. Mm-hmm. With Jar Jar. I'm so, again, So I, I'm guessing this isn't someone I would consider traditionally to be a villain. You may, actually. I might, hmm. I might consider him traditionally a villain. Okay, this is interesting. You got me thinking. Who could consider who is a... So let's narrow it down. What, what section of Star Wars do you think it's from? Prequel? No. Original? No. So we are talking about... The sequel trilogy, sequel your trilogy. least favorite villain, yes, sir, is Luke Skywalker. No, Dang Supreme it. Leader Snoke. Okay, yeah. Do you know why? Who gives a crap? He's nothing. Not, yeah, He's exactly. Nothing. They build up this idea of yeah, like, this new emperor. I forgot right? about him. Yeah, that's <laughs> the problem, right? We get this thing of the Force Awakens where you're like, oh man, this second movie is going to be awesome. They're going to be trying to figure out what is this thing with Supreme Leader Snoke? Why does he look the way that he does? Is he a new type of alien? Is he I was really all in on that stuff, oh, by the me way. Me too. And then we get, what, a five-minute fight scene in which he gets cut down easily? Like he's a wuss? What is this? So unbelievable. I've never been so let down. So let down. Not even Do as- you remember some of the stuff? Oh, Another reason I stopped is because you're spitting in my face. <laughs> That they were comparing the scars to Anakin, like, at oh, the yeah. end of Jedi. And I'm like, do they have the stones yeah. to make that Anakin Skywalker? And nothing. Nothing at all. And it, it's... it was one of the storylines that fell flat in Episode Eight, And one of the issues I had with Episode Eight was the fact that... That was one of my biggest questions keeping me going. Who is this guy? Yeah. 
and there's no question because like, why, like, yeah, yeah he's, you know we got rid of him like it wasn't even worth it and, and I felt like there was a lot in eight where it was just kind of they've just done with it. Well, really it was that quickly. all those interesting subplots that were introduced in the Force Awakens, like Supreme Leader, yes, Star, like uh, Kylo Ren's helmet, like Ray's parentage. The 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 second movie is like, eh, his parents are no one. Don't worry about that helmet. You don't need it. Else, you're worried about Snoke. Yeah, he's nobody. Yeah, and and that was the thing. And honestly, when I sat down and was making this list, he was the first one that came to my mind because That's, it was such an unbelievable letdown. That is a really good pick. Um, <laughs> yeah. excellent. So I love it. So I, I thought I'd throw a couple curveballs and something that I think a lot of people. Can and uh, by the way, if you, ha- I, I think you made the right choice. Like I, your your Jar Jar uh, rationale is, is flawless, <laughs> but uh, Supreme Leader Snoke definitely among the lamest of all Star Wars villains. Set up perfectly fine. Oh yeah, and then just could have been fantastic. Could have been fantastic, and no. yet just not. Oh man! All right, I know we're just getting started here, but. I think we need to take a breather until later this month. Yeah, we'll be back with our favorite Star Wars villains. And uh, we're going to talk about the end of the Skywalker saga and if uh, how we feel about it and like the high points and the low points. Yeah, uh, by the way, before we go, yeah, I know they're saying that this is it. For those keeping score, this is the third time they're telling us it's over. So forgive me if I'm a little skeptical. Well, we'll talk more about this, but they say it's the end of the Skywalker saga. There's no Skywalkers really left, man. Well, and also, I am uh, mercifully going to close out my retroactive review of the Star Wars original Marvel years. I am so excited because it was getting so bad the last time, and I highly doubt it got better. Oh, it did. <laughs> All right, so you will hear plenty about that a little bit later. In about two weeks, right? Yeah, right. Christmas Eve. I All think. right. So until then, enjoy your comics.